Today's podcast episode is called Subjective Experience. So first, before I begin today's podcast, I have recently changed the name of the podcast again, once more, a third time. It's called The Chaos Artist Now. The reason for changing it is that it just occurred for me from looking at the image of the Chaos Artist episode and from the title itself, I think it summed up quite well what we're about, where we're at right now. And I'm not going to say that this is going to be the last change in title. I'm really just going to let things evolve. As I've been doing this over the years, I've come to think about what I'm doing more so in terms of creating a space for subjective experience, which is going to be today's episode, a space for a safe space for a subjective experience to be more so than just being a podcast or books. They're kind of the mediums that occupy the space right now, but I'm letting things evolve. And uh, yeah, so today I'm going to talk about subjective experience. I think this is at the heart of what we've been doing up until now and what we will continue to do. I think that's what this podcast has given me. It's given me an outlet to express my subjective experience of life. I guess my hope from people listening into the episodes is that there'll be parts of what I express will help to help maybe help you see things in your life that are perhaps in some way similar in terms of how you see yourself or how you view the world. Certain things that might be limiting you right now. My hope is that these episodes might help you to see some things like that or also to just consider life in the subjective realm. So with the chaos artist too, the reason why it resonated with me and why I'm talking about subjective experience today is that I feel like subjective experience is, is very chaotic. There's no tangible map there that's been written by somebody else. So it's a very, it's a very invisible field you're dealing with. You have to really connect with and trust your intuition and gut feeling on things. And it is also quite chaotic because in my experience, there's quite a bit of past trauma and difficult feelings to feel. And it's just all part of the human experience. Like it's not, it's not something that's neatly packaged up. It is quite messy, the subjective experience. And while exploring it gives you a certain amount of clarity, I don't feel like you get to a place where things are crystal clear. It's just, I think certain aspects of your life become more clear, less cloudy as you start to get a feel for how you see the world. So I just want to mention this quote that I read recently in a book. It's from Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, man's obedience to his own genius is the ultimate definition of fate. So this is what I hope you can get from this podcast too, to trust in yourself. Even if, and it'll lead on to the, the next point I want to make here. What I want to create here, what I wanted to create is a safe space to contain this insane nature of subjective experience. So 
as you delve into the subjective experience, you leave yourself in a more vulnerable state. A state where, because you are expressing how you're feeling and you're not neatly packaging that up for other people to understand, it can be quite a an unnerving experience. That's where I'm talking about this. Is, I want to create a safe space to contain the insane nature of this because when things aren't neatly packaged up for other people to understand and assimilate very easily, then if you're not in a decent place yourself in terms of self-confidence, self-esteem and understanding of oneself, it leaves you in a very vulnerable position where you can really start to doubt yourself, question yourself and question your perception on life. So I've had a good portion of experience of that in my life. And to some extent, I still feel that way. It's not as bad, but I still feel that way at certain moments moving forward. But I want to create a space here where it's okay to voice your thoughts, even if they don't sound rational all the time. It's creating a space where I want nothing to be off limits as much as possible. Even that is a growing process. There are certain topics I talk about today. Like I've been talking recently about isolation, alienation that I couldn't have talked about a year or two ago because I just wouldn't, I wouldn't feel I had anything valuable or anything insightful to say around that because I wasn't, because I was still deadly afraid of those types of feelings back then. So I think there's a growth process with the subjective experience. You don't just dive in and talk about everything because you wouldn't even know what to talk about to begin with. It's just as you stick with it and as you just explore the edges more, it, yeah, it's kind of, I suppose it's that, it's that, it's that analogy of, of a car driving in the dark and only seeing five feet in front of them all the time. That's, that's a good analogy or metaphor for the subjective experience as you're navigating your way through it. Another thing that quite resonates is Joseph Campbell's quote about the cave you fear to enter is holds the treasure you seek. I think that is also a great quote for describing the subjective experience. So there's, there's feelings that are, that you are fearful of feeling right now. Yet they hold treasure in terms of your perception in life. Your perception in life can change when you, when you stop fearing somebody's feelings, keeping you from certain experiences in life. So the next part I want to describe here is just normative. This is a word I came across recently in psychoanalysis. I was talking to someone recently and she mentioned that in psychoanalysis, they use the word normative instead of normal. I like that word. I think, well, the definition I found was normative relates to rules, making normative relates to rules, making people obey rules, especially rules of behavior. So when I looked at that definition, I do like the word normative compared to normal. The connotations are different. Well, I suppose number one, normative isn't a word that people 
the average person's the average person hears day to day. It seems to have been a very specific term I heard in psychoanalysis in a field where they're open to the subjective experience and they value the subjective experience. So that's the difference in, in mainstream society. Subjective experience isn't as valued. And we've got words like normal, which have very shallow surface level understandings about it. So when you're living in the mainstream and you've got this word normal, the sense I got from that word is that there's a certain way that everybody is that categorizes them as normal. And if you're not normal, there's something inherently wrong within you. That's the surface level understanding of the word normal. But in this space here, where we're valuing the subjective experience. As you delve more deeper into the subjective experience and you're not as, as afraid to express yourself differently to the normal people, you start to see the subtleties to it and discover words like normative here that make you less afraid then of this idea of normal because you start to see it as an idea and uh and not very well grounded or well thought out idea i can see to have a word like normative would have required someone to put in a bit more thought into like so i i don't know what the history is of the word normative who came up with it but if i was to come up with a word like that i would have to think about what's wrong with the word normal and what sort of a new definition a new word could bring some sort of clarity around the reality that normal is an idea more so than something that's real within human beings. I would have to think about that a bit so that then when I'm, when the person who hasn't come up with the word is coming across it, then for me, for example, I've thought a little bit around this, but I haven't thought about it to the extent that I would come up with a new word. But it makes perfect sense to me then when I read that and I see that word, that I now have a word that in my mind compounds the fact that there is no normal where 90% of the people are normal and there's a few people that are mad. Normative puts it more on a spectrum and that there is no normal. There's, there's just varying degrees of people obeying the rules of conduct in society, the rules of behavior, your expectations. And it also places the focus more on the rules of behavior, more so than the innate, innate behaviors within a person. Because again, this, this, this idea of normal in, in mainstream society, I felt I feel like it comes with connotations of there's a certain normal within the human being that if you don't, if you're not like that, there's something off with you. We need to label you and categorize you, and make you feel inferior in some way. Yeah, that's a that's a normative word there. So Amar Fatty, I think this was mentioned in the podcast before one of my interviews. And Emmer Fatty, I think it was Nietzsche who was associated with this, it's the love of, of knowledge. So it's the chaotic nature of crystallizing a life philosophy. 
is fate as knowledge. Amorfati is the love of fate, love of one's fate. Used to describe an attitude in which one sees everything that happens in one's life, including suffering and loss, as good or at the very least necessary. So that's a part of this podcast and what I'm creating too. So you'll go through a, a lot of trials and tribulations in life. And like life is difficult in the sense that if you've committed to being true to yourself and to just really get to know who you are, and if you're listening to this podcast long-term, then you probably have committed to that, then you'll have recognized how difficult it even is to live in a society that doesn't want you to to be like that. It, 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 It can't control and manipulate you as much when you're outside of the system, outside of the systemized ways of thinking. So even that way of living, even though that's a life well lived, in my opinion, it's also very painful because it's much easier to just fit in. But even fitting in, there's pain in that too. And that's not even recognizing just the stuff that happens in life that is difficult to deal with. So Amar Fati, like that's the kind of attitude I, I want to ingrain in myself that even when there are difficult moments, there's always something to be taken away from it. There's always some grain of wisdom or something good that can be taken from it, even if it's very difficult to find. Um, so I think the subjective experience, by exploring the subjective experience, it opens up this as well to you. If if you're not exploring the subjective experience, it's I think it's, it makes it more difficult to, to see the good in life, even when it's hard to see it. Another key element of, of the subjective experience is the unspoken things. And I'll actually tie this more to the technical side of life to maybe make this a bit more obvious to myself and to you. So it's the unspoken thing. So if you're somebody who wants to get into a technical field like programming and your strategy is to bluff your way in, then you're not, you probably don't have have an appreciation of, of the subjective experience. The more I've delved into the subjective experience, the more I've paid attention to tonality and I've been able to pick more, more on, it's hard to explain, but it's kind of the thought process behind what somebody says. And it's, it's very evident, it's more evident in technical skills. If somebody just says something and it sounds like they just read that in a book compared to somebody who has actually used the concept to solve something, there's a very different feel to how they express it. It's almost as if you can kind of feel whether there's a thought process behind what they're saying or whether it's just a memorization regurgitation. So that's something to be just be aware of that I've noticed that in, I've no, I've always noticed that. And I've always, that's why I've been in the past before I was a programmer, I was at some level more intimidated by programmer software engineers with a lot of experience because it, it felt like you couldn't bluff them or that they were 
real critical thinkers and I think part of it is, is this is what I'm saying here is is the way you express something to somebody who's got a technical mind if you're talking about a technical subject that they're familiar with the way you express something I think they can pick up on whether it's something that you've just regurgitated from a book or something you're bluffing you're trying to bluff your way through or whether it's something you've actually put the yeah, I think it's also how much thought have you put into what you're talking about I think that can come across in the way you speak and just the little subtleties and nuances that you're able to express in the different details the other thing with technical skills like programming is that even if you do bluff somebody if you do manage to bluff somebody which I don't think you will if you're uh, if you're faced with a senior software engineer with a lot of experience but even if you do bluff them you can't bluff the technical test anyway so you're going to be found out there as well so I think that that's um, I guess technical skills make you appreciate the subjective experience it also makes you appreciate that you've only really understood something when you understand it in your own terms for your own thought process again if you haven't done that if you haven't taken the time to do that it will sound like a regurgitation to somebody else so I've also I also see this in more personal development psychological fields it's over the years I found it easier to detect somebody who's just regurgitating something that sounds good rather than somebody who's actually put thought into what they're saying and thought into their understanding of the world I guess the other thing is that you're only doing your especially in psychology and philosophy you're only doing yourself a disservice if you regurgitate things to impress other people because it's not truly how you see the world it's not truly your felt experience of life so in my opinion it's useless because the true power in psychology and philosophy is altering your felt experience of life your understanding of yourself and your understanding of yourself is going to be very subjective and very particular to you so that's something that i've heard from my podcast too from some people saying that it's, it might, what i do is very personal it's very personal to me and before in the past i would have felt like that's maybe 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 a bit selfish and not thinking about what other people want but as i'm continuing on I, I think what i'm doing here is creating a framework my own personalized framework to give somebody else ideas on how they can go about creating their own personal framework in terms of how they think about their life what assumptions to even start questioning what what things to even start questioning i think it's even helpful sharing what i'm some of the things i question to, as a framework to what you could potentially go about questioning and then your questions will lead to more the personalized answers in your life so it's all about critical thinking and i guess that's 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 probably why i got into programming too it's critical thinking improving on that like i value that because it's hard work and if you stick at it long enough you'll I suppose you'll see more and more of the people who are bluffing in society and then you fear them less and less so it's it kind of compounds even though it's difficult work because it's real it because it's really you're actually creating something real so just keep doing it even if the outside world isn't giving you validation or whatever just keep doing it 
the main thing is your subjective experience of life is improving. The last things I want to just mention here is Jean-Paul Sartre. He talked about facticity, transcendence, and bad fate. I think he talked about this in Being and Nothingness. I was recently listening to Philosophize This. It's a great podcast. Check it out if you're into philosophy by Stephen West. He's a great podcaster. Enjoy listening to him. And he was just talking, he had some episodes there on Jean-Paul Sartre. And he started talking a little bit about facticity, transcendence, and bad fate. So what I picked up, facticity is the facts about your life. So it's your past, uh, your relationships to other people. I guess you're the way you are, your kind of personality, your, the here and now. It's just kind of the, the facts. Um, transcendence, though, is your ability to transcend who you are right now and then just a bad fate bad fate was the example he gave was like a or the example john paul sartre gave was of a waiter a parisian waiter who plays the role of a of a waiter he's very engrossed in it and it takes on his old personality so just think about bad fate there in terms of your own life it's very easy to fall into bad fate play the role to play the part that you're given in life so if you've never really thought about it you can just take on that role and that's who you are i think that's how actors maybe method actors in particular how they start to question who they are when they put so much time into playing somebody else's role it can lead them to start questioning what was where did their original role come from where did the person they were playing before they became an actor where did that come from so that's the bad faith thing and it's definitely helpful to keep in mind i find that looking back at my life and parts of my current life when i fall into bad faith it's usually based more around other people's perceptions of me how do i expect how do I expect myself to behave around certain people? So on, on the next episode, I'm going to talk about objective experience because there are certain things in society that are useful. And there's a balance to be struck here between objective experience and subjective experience. I think if you go too far into subjective, you can perhaps become too alienated and isolated. And I don't know. I mean, maybe you maybe don't, but... I think for me I think there's a balancing act here to live practically in the world and the so in the objective experience stuff if you're too bought into the objective experience it can lead to I think bad fate where you play the role of somebody to the extent that if it just seems like you know at this stage even though I think when you're playing those roles there's not much substance to them so it'll feel after you but if you didn't know any different if there's no contrast it's hard to kind of break out of that so you can, you can become that parisian waiter and think that that's your whole identity if your life has just been about that for a very long time so facticity and transcendence i kind of butchered that a bit anyway facticity from what i understood in there about transcendence though was uh the way i think about transcendence would be that questioning any stories I have about myself. 
think that that helps you transcend yourself. I think on Stephen's podcast, the, the example he gave of, uh, would be of a a guy who like hears on the news that there was a an attack in some shop and people were there were people with guns and trying to rob the place. And the guy is saying that he would, if he was there, he would take things into his own hands and and like like any any macho kind of person would say bravado things like that. And that. Or you think I think he was saying that that's just the type of person I am. So anytime you say things like that's just the type of person I am, that's a window into transcendence in my view, in terms of John Paul Sartre, into questioning like what's the story you have around that? Why do you think you're a t- certain type of person? And that's a tricky one to it's a tricky one to question. Like in my experience, when I've seen things like that in myself. It hasn't been a simple matter of just questioning it, but in some way, just having some sort of awareness around it right now, it seems to help in some way. It's I think it's it's like open your mind to different things, and eventually, you start to transcend the current self. So, in my understanding, you know, transcendence is having a space in your life for transcending the stories you have about yourself. You even tie this to what's the meaning of my life when you recognize that having a story you tell yourself about your life to create a meaning for your life is an issue then i think that helps you to to live and through living you might have some sense of meaning in life but it's not going to come from a story you fabricate to create a meaning an artificial meaning so they're the main things i just wanted to talk about today changing podcast name as i move forward gonna focus on the subjective experience sharing the subjective experience creating a safe space for that because i think it's needed in the world of today and uh, continue to explore philosophical thought psychology and all the things I love. So that's it for today. Thanks again for listening, and I will speak to you on the next episode.